Well, Zeta Venture Partners, they invest in what is called AI-first companies. We're talking about artificial intelligence. Those are companies and entrepreneurs that are applying machine learning to the real world across industries and functionalities. So let's get into it with Ash Fontana, Managing Director of Zeta. Uh, before Zeta, he launched syndicates at uh, AngelList, his new book, The AI-First Company, How to Compete and Win with Artificial Intelligence. And Ash, getting up early, uh, joining us on the phone from Sydney, Australia, where it's, I think, 6.30 in the morning. Nice to have you here. Welcome to Bloomberg. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, it's a pleasure. How are you? And, and tell us about this past year, um, COVID, this book. Uh, what's it been like? Mm. Well, uh, I'm well. It was, a, it was sort of a funny year in that it was a good year to write a book, um, <laughs> sitting inside, tripped up and whatnot, um, and finishing all those, all those loose ends that are just lying around your house when you're sitting there doing nothing else. So, um, it was a good year in that regard. It was a very funny year to be in the field of artificial intelligence because, uh, and, you know, we've all heard this from a few different people, but the acceleration was incredible and the imperative to automate uh, as the sort of imperative to get a better understanding of what's going on in our world when we couldn't be out in the world um, really increased. And so the, the rate of adoption of these technologies really went through the roof. Meaning what? Like, give us some examples of things that, because I, I do mm. think, Ash, it's fair to say that for a lot of people, and I'm not making a judgment call, but when we think of AI, it's often guided by Hollywood's interpretation of it, or we think about, you know, controlling our minds, mm -hmm. 1984. Um, but it's mm -hmm. already in our world, and it's making decisions about things. Mm. Yeah, indeed it is. And I think there's two aspects to this. Um, to bring it down to sort of real examples. You know, one is what do you do when there aren't people around or you can't have people in close contact with each other in a place like a warehouse? Well, you have to use the machine to firstly understand what people would be doing in that warehouse. What's the usual process? Let's observe it with some cameras and try to break it down with some sort of system that analyzes the feed from those cameras. Um, and then two, how do you move things around when there aren't people there to do that? Um, or people can't be there to do that. It's not safe for them to do that. And so you use robots. And robots are funny. They're sort of like uh, a system that has lots of different bits of artificial intelligence in it. So, you know, that's one sort of pretty tangible example. But, you know, what else happened last year was just so many systems we used, whether they were energy systems like the electricity grid, whether they were economic systems like what happened in markets, they just started um, doing things we haven't seen them do before. And, you know, what artificial intelligence really is, I know people think of it uh, a lot of the time as something that, you know, is, is like a weird sort of mind. Um, it's really just like a bunch of statistical models strung together. And so when all these systems started going awry, AI really helped us understand what's going on by doing statistical analyses on the flow of power through the grid when, you know, no one's driving to work and everyone's staying at home. Why? What, what's happening there? How do we actually manage uh, better how we move energy around the grid in that situation that we've never seen before? Well, an AI can sort of very quickly make a new model that helps you generate a prediction in, in that new world um, rather than you know, have to rely on your old models that were used to generate predictions under normal uses, usage patterns of electricity. Um, so it's right. really good at doing things like that. And the advantage to it is that it's constantly 
able to take in and make those decisions using real-time data. So as the data can change, as we saw a year ago, or a little bit more than a year ago, the data points changed dramatically. Nobody would have predicted it uh, initially, right? Until, of course, we started to see how significant and how severe the pandemic was. But that's the advantage of AI. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, You know, a lot of these systems are trained in an environment that represents a real-world environment. But every time they get a new observation, every time they take a new photo of what's on a shelf in a supermarket or what's mo- how things are moving around a warehouse, or they make an observation of how power is flowing through the grid. You know, it's flowing to this part of the grid and not that part of the grid. It learns and it updates its view of the world. Now, we do that too as humans, of course. We're mm-hmm. always updating our view of the world. But, you know, we're actually very hesitant to update our view of the world because um, we like being able to make decisions quickly based on instinct, and that requires having very solid models of the world. Um, whereas AIs don't sort of have that bias. Um, they don't have that recency bias, so to speak, uh, and they don't have that need to, uh, to, to be super intuitive about things. So they're updating their view of the world very, very quickly, and that can be right. really helpful in so many situations. So, Ash, what is an AI-first company? Because you invest in them. Yeah, an AI-first company is a company that genuinely puts AI artificial intelligence at the start of every conversation. In the conversations about who they're going to hire next, you're going to hire people that you know can build these models, build these these machine learning models that eventually start looking like AIs. You know, what are you going to put your money into? You're going to put your money into acquiring valuable data. Uh, what policy concerns do you have? Are you really going to play a role in the debate around data privacy? Um, AI-first companies really put these conversations first so that they can genuinely build this stuff rather than try to sprinkle it on top later. So are these the companies, so help me out here, are these the companies who are creating the AI infrastructure, the AI algorithms? Um, Because it sounds like we are moving increasingly to a world where, you know, Every company, just like retail, became kind of a digital e-commerce company, had to, to adopt some kind of digital strategy. We saw that a lot in the pandemic, or companies in general. Is it, are we moving towards a, a world where every company is going to have some type of AI strategy or AI-first strategy? Yeah, I really think we are. You know, the way you put it there, I think, is, is how I would put it, um, and that is, You know, all software will eventually become intelligent. Every bit of technology that we use will have a bit of a predictive element to it. And I think what we've seen so far is a couple of really nice companies get started, like UiPath and Palantir and Cloudera and a couple of these companies that have gone public now. You know, they're really making the tools that let other people build AIs. Um, They're not really AI-first companies themselves. They're not building the AIs, but... You know, now that they're really well established and their products are mature, people can use them, you know, in retail, in manufacturing, in healthcare to build their own AIs in those fields, you know, combining their own experience of how things work, um, you know, how diseases progress, uh, how consumers behave with the power of these models uh, to get a predictive system underway. But what, so give me an idea, because you do have some investments, and I'd, I'd been looking at your website mm-hmm. earlier today. Tell me, 
what is an AI or what are some of the AI first companies that you have invested in? And just give us an mm. idea of what they're doing just so that our, our audience and, and the investors that are out there, because this does sound like something that will become yeah. more popular potentially going forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think a really good example is a company called Tractable. And what they do is they basically help people get back on their feet after being in a disaster, you know, whether that's a weather disaster or having a car crash. And the way they do that is they analyze images. So you have a little fender bender on the way to work, you take a photo, and they can analyze that photo and make a decision, you know, almost on the spot about whether your car is going to be repaired or uh, whether it's a write-off. And that just gets the money in your account more quickly. It gets you back on the road more quickly. And it, for the insurance company, makes the cost of processing that claim a lot lower. And, you know, how was that an AI-first company? They had to, for two years, before they got any customers, really, go and collect so much data, so many different images of different ways in which cars go through crashes and how different panels deform and whatnot, so that they could train their models to the point where they can develop a really accurate readout um, of you know, the damage really quickly, just purely using computer vision um, and not using, you know, getting a loss adjuster or having someone come out and have a look at the car. How much is that being used by the insurance industry, the auto industry at this point? Yeah, it's being used today by major insurers all around the world to make decisions every day. Um, and then, you know, you can see how it could soon be used for other other purposes. You know, if you're in a hailstorm and your roof gets damaged, well, they can take a photo from space or from a drone and then analyze that photo and quickly give you an assessment of the damage and process your claim. Um, you can see how it could be used in all sorts of disaster situations. But today, you know, dozens and dozens of the world's largest insurance companies um, are working with them to process claims every single day. And it's in the hands of people in, in their apps that they've got on their phone, um, their, their, their insurance company apps. One thing I do want to ask you, because when we're taking images, pictures up above, I mean, I'm thinking that there are some uh, of our listeners or watchers on YouTube that are just saying, well, wait a minute. Okay, so now I start to get a little hinky about AI and then the privacy concerns. What are the boundaries that need to be set with these AI-first companies? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I'm all for thinking about the role of government here as being a really important one because, in a sense, as, as individuals, you know, our data, my data, your data, in itself is not necessarily worth much. But as a collective, our data is worth a lot to these companies. And, you know, we can work with government to make sure these companies respect our privacy where they need to and properly compensate people for their data um, when they, you know, when they use it, I think the EU is a real leading light here. Um, you know, recently they released some uh, legislation where they just outright banned certain applications right. of AI around facial recognition and whatnot. And I think there are categorically some really scary uses of it. And you know, we do have the power, you know, through the legislature to ban this stuff. Um, but you know, besides a couple of sort of very clear cases. It's it's a more marginal consideration, and you know I think having better standards for auditing, being more upfront about what data we're using, you know, with the cookie stuff that's hit the news today, um, I think that's a really good approach. But you know, looking to the EU and what they're doing, I think right. is a, an indication of what government can do. 
Well, look forward to having you back and maybe at a time where you don't have to get up so early because uh, I do think this is an interesting area uh, and certainly one that uh, continues to develop and, and really be a part of our world more broadly. Ash, thank you so much. Ash Fontana, Managing Director of Zeta, the, his book, The AI First Company, How to Compete and Win with Artificial Intelligence, joining us on the phone from Sydney, Australia.